This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyid al-Anbiya'i wal-Mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولما توجهت القاء مدينا قال عسى ربي أن يهديني سواء السبيل رب الشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي أمين يا رب العالمين um, What I intend to share with you today inshallah is uh, two duas of Musa alayhi salam that are in succession and we pick up his story from where we left off yesterday he just escaped Egypt he asked Allah azza wa to rescue him from the wrongdoing nation that's the last thing I shared with you He's out in the desert, he doesn't know where to go. He has no idea where he's going to go. He has no home left, he has no, uh, uh, no idea what's going to happen with him, and he's out in the desert. And if you imagine somebody who's walking in the desert, they have no idea where to go. There are no roads. And you can't tell, this is a, you know, like in the woods or somewhere, you, if people have walked a certain path before, then it clears out. So you can say, okay, maybe this leads somewhere. But in the desert, it's all the same. So you could be walking aimlessly and end up in your own death. It won't even, you won't even know. And if you keep walking, you won't even know that you made a giant circle. Because even if you are just a little bit deviated, you could be just going in, in a giant circle and not even know. You understand? So this is actually a pretty dangerous thing to be lost in the desert. I want you to imagine somebody standing in the desert not knowing where to go, looking around. And Allah Azza wa Jal reveals this remarkable dua as he was desperately thinking about where to, which way to run, which way to go. He says, وَلَمَّا تَوَجَّهَتِ الْقَاءَ مَدْيًا When his face turned in the direction of Madian, قَالَ عَسَى رَبِّي أَنْ يَهْدِيَنِي سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ He said, hopefully, this hope is actually again a dua towards Allah. Hopefully, my master will guide me to the, straight, the most straight of all paths, the most even path. Now, I want you to understand what happened here. Uh, a lot of the younger guys here, maybe they play video games like role-playing games, and you can pause the game and you see the larger map. And then you put a mile marker, two miles away, five miles away, and then you follow the mile marker. And as you're going, you're heading straight in that direction, right? And you can tell which way to go. Even though there's all kinds of terrain, you know which way to go, right? Well, there's no GPS back in the day. There's no mile marker back in the day. He's out in the open desert. And as his face is turning this way, this way, and this way, as his face is, tur is turning, one of the directions it turned is directly, maybe a, you know, a hundred, a hundred miles from there, 200 miles from there, is the city of Madian, or the town of Madian. Can he see it? No. He can't see it. This is a long way from where he is. Okay? But he can, Allah knows that his face just turned directly in front of Madian. Now you think about this. If he's only one degree off, his face is only one degree off, he's not going to end up in Madian. You understand? Or if he's one degree this way, he's not going to end up towards Madian. And he made dua to Allah, uh, you know, that maybe, hopefully, Allah will guide me to the most straight of all paths, and that Madian is actually where the water is. And of course, in the desert, if you're going to head out, then you better find water before you're done. So as soon as his face turned in the exact direction, Tilqa'a Madian. It's not even Walamma Tawajjaha ila Madian. It's Tilqa'a Madian. Tilqa in Arabic is used for exactly towards something. So as his face was directly pointing towards Madian, he prayed to Allah, hopefully Allah will guide me to the most straight of all paths. And he went straight in line towards Madian, hundreds of miles away. Subhanallah. That was his GPS from Allah, exactly where to go. 
You know, this is kind of like a reminder of the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam. When he left, he said, Allah is the one who will guide me. This is exactly what happens with Musa alayhi salam. So he heads in that direction. Now eventually, you know, however far away it was, he eventually, وَلَمَّا وَرَدَ مَاءَ مَدِيَنَ He gets to the waters of Madian. And when he reaches there, of course, he's going to try to drink some water because he's been in the desert. And he notices that there are a bunch of men that are feeding their animals. So they bring, of course, in the pasture, they bring their animals to drink water there. And he sees up top on the hill, there are a bunch of girls. He saw two girls that were pulling on their sheep. They were holding their sheep and their animals from going into the water. And he thought that was a strange thing, so he walked up to these girls. And he said, Ma khatbukuma, what's your deal? What are you doing? And they said, La nasqi hatta wa abuna kabir. We can't give our animals any water to drink until all those men, the entire flock, is done and they leave. The reason they're saying that is those men are perverts, they don't respect women. If we go down there, they act disrespectfully towards us. They have experience doing this, so they've decided not to go down there until all those people leave and then they can feed their animals. And they give the reason to wa abuna shaykhun kabir which has multiple meanings, but one of the meanings is our father is too old to do this. Basically, we have to do the work now. The ladies, of, the women of the house have to do the work because the father is too old. He can't come out here and do it anymore. Okay? So Musa alayhi salam saqalahuma. He basically didn't have any more conversation with them. He just grabbed the animals from them, walked away. And he's a pretty strong man, as the other part of the story can tell you. He moved the other folks around like flies, got their animals drink, brought them back, handed the animal back to them, and then he found some tree or some, some shade somewhere under a rock, and he just leaned back on the rock and sat down. No more conversation with them. Just this act of his, and then he sat down. And this is when he made this dua. And there's lots of other lessons to learn here, but I want to focus just on the dua. He sits down under the shade and he says, you know, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. Very famous dua. He says, Master, whatever you send down towards me of any good, then I am faqir. Faqir in Arabic is used for, a, you know, in literature it became very poor person. But faqir actually comes from faqr, which means the back is broken. When somebody has so much burden on them, that their back is breaking, meaning they've become disabled. Meaning physically they've become disabled. And from it the meaning became someone who's become economically disabled. Someone who's become socially disabled. They have no power, no capacity left. That's what makes them faqir. He says to Allah, My master, whatever you send towards me, whatever good comes down to me from you, I could desperately use it. My back is broken. I'm disabled. I don't know what else to do. What he's saying here, the word khayr is the key element here. What he's saying to Allah Azza wa Jal, is that, Ya Allah, right now, if you, I have no home, I have no other change of clothes, I have no food, I have just this water to drink. Whatever you give me, if you, give, if you find me a cave to live in, I'll be happy. You know, they, they say in Arabic, Al-Mashi radiya bima yarkam. The one who's walking and has no ride, he'll be happy with whatever ride he can get. You give him a donkey, he'll be happy. You'll give him a bicycle, he'll be happy. You give him a unicycle, he'll be happy. Because he has nothing. So he's basically saying to Allah, Ya Allah, I'm not going to complain. Why didn't you send me this? You know, I'm used to living in a palace, so I should get some at least business class help. If not first class, at least business class help. No, whatever you give me, I'm not going to show you any attitude. I'll just, I could use it. Whatever good you send my way, and it comes down from you. This ayah has an ishara also that any good that comes to us in life, every morsel of food that I eat, every good that I enjoy, every, every, every you know, uh, few feet that I drive in my car, all of that has come down from the sky. 
None of that was my doing. Any good of any kind in this world actually came directly from Allah to you. So when you and I start thinking Allah has abandoned me, Allah is not taking care of me, as a matter of fact, Allah is taking care of you and His care for you is a package coming from the sky all the time, directly for you, directly for you. And He's saying, just like you've been sending this good towards me, I could use it right now. But there's another beautiful meaning that I want you to think about in this dua, it's very powerful. The word khayr in Arabic doesn't just mean good in this dunya. Quran uses the word khayr in two ways. Quran uses the word khayr as in good things in this world, money, food, clothes, shelter, etc. These are, these are also khayr. وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ Like the Quran says. But khayr is also used for good deeds. وَفَعَلُوا الْخَيْرِ Do khayr, which means do good deeds. Now, Musa السلام, is teaching us a very important principle. If you've made a mistake, like Musa السلام, made a mistake, and you ask Allah for forgiveness, then the next thing that should happen is, you should have a thirst inside you to do as much good as possible. You become thirsty for the next opportunity to do something good. When he saw those two girls that needed help, he jumped at the opportunity, immediately helped them. Then he sat down under the shade, and he turns to Allah and says, Ya Allah, I just, you just gave me that, that was a risk from you. Like there's physical risk, and there's the risk that will help you in your akhirah. Right? So he's asked, telling Allah that after my mistake, I am eager to make up for that, not only by my istighfar, but by doing more good deeds. You gave me this chance to help them, but any other chance you give me to do any other good, I will jump on it. I'll take it. And this is actually your way and my way of knowing if truly our heart meant the apology we made to Allah. When we turn to Allah in repentance, and we know, I, I told you yesterday, that if you're sincere in your apology to Allah, then you should know that Allah has forgiven you. But there's a further litmus test, and that is, did you develop a thirst to do more good deeds? To help others? To do some khayr? Allah has given all of us different capabilities. Musa salam was given extra strength. Immediately he had a chance to use his strength to do something good, he used it. Maybe Allah didn't give you muscles, maybe Allah gave you artistic ability. Maybe He made you mathematically inclined, maybe He made you a good writer. I don't know what Allah gave you. Each of you have a different gift that Allah gave you. But if you've made a mistake in your past, and you apologize to Allah, then you have to ask yourself, within what Allah has given me, how am I going to put it to work and do any kind of khair? And the opportunity to do good, our view of it has now changed. He just saw that he helped two girls, so they should be grateful to him. No, no. Musa salam recognizes the opportunity to help someone else was a gift that came down from Allah. That's a gift that came down from Allah. He should be grateful to them for allowing him to do something good. This is the mentality of a believer when they do something good. When we give sadaqah to someone, when we, a needy person is given help by us, then those people that we are giving to have honored us. We haven't honored them. They have honored us because they allowed us to make Allah happy. They allowed us to take, to take away some of our sins. They allowed us to increase our own risk because we gave them sadaqah. This is our attitude towards the people that we help. When you're teaching, as a teacher, when you're teaching someone, your, your students think that you know, they should honor you, but actually you should be honored by your students. Because they gave you an opportunity to spread something good. They gave you that chance, you understand? So this is the, the attitude of a servant of deen. It doesn't matter if I'm wearing the mic and you're sitting in the audience, and you might think I'm, in some, I'm physically higher than you right now, yeah. But in, a, in, a, in, a, in the sense of status, I'm supposed to be grateful to you, and I am. If you, if you take something good from this, and something good comes in your life, that's something that increases my risk with Allah Azza wa Jal. 
right? So I'm supposed to be in a position of service, not in a position of leadership as I speak to you. That's the attitude of a believer that we have to inculcate in ourselves. We, he turns to Allah desperately and says, whatever good you send my way, I could totally use the help. Whatever good deed you could send. So what does Allah do? And this is what I'm going to, to wrap this up with. Those girls, they went home. They went home a few hours earlier than usual. Usually they wait for everybody to finish, then they go feed their animals, then they go home. They show up four hours early. The father's looking at them like, well, why are you here so early? Well, then they say there was this pretty big man. He came and he just kind of... And they talked to him about Musa salam. And, you know, their father, he trusts these girls so much. He says, okay, one of you go get him. I want to pay him. Now, if you're a father of girls, if you're a father of girls, and your girls come and tell you there was a man who helped me, huh? What do you mean helped you? No, no, he, he, didn't, he didn't say anything bad. He just, he just helped with the animals. Really? Acha, help with the animals. If you trust your daughters enough to go outside, then you need to trust their opinion. If, you tr if you're living in the modern world, you trust them enough to go to the university. You trust them enough to go get a job. You trust them enough to go outside. Then you need to trust them enough. When they give you opinion about someone being good, then you shouldn't flip out. You need to calm down. He trusts them so much that he says, you know what, one of you go get him. One of you go get him. That's interesting. One of you go get him. If you think he's that honest, I, if I'm a father, I would think at least send both the girls. Because that's safer. But he trusts his daughter so much, he notices one of them is more impressed with him than the other. The one who's impressed, why don't you, why don't you go get him? And then when she came to him, before they were tough, they were tough with him. They said, we can't do this until the, uh, they're all done. And our dad's old. Basically, leave us alone. They didn't talk much to Musa Alisan. But this time, she She came to him walking shyly. But the part that I wanted to highlight related to the dua, this is the key. He turned to Allah and said, Ya Allah, whatever, give, whatever good you give me, I'll take it. Whatever chance to do good, and whatever physical material good you give me, whatever risk you give me, I'll take it. She came. She says, Inna Abi Fa. Therefore she came, the ayah says. Therefore she came. In other words, it's because of his dua that she came. She was the answer to Musa's dua. You have to understand that. So when she came, she said, Inna Abi Yad'uka, liyajziyaka ajrama saqayta lana. My father is calling you because, and it's not me, it's my father, Inna Abi. No doubt it's my dad, okay? He's interested in calling you. He wants to pay you for the service you provided, you fed our animals, that's why he'd like to pay you. Now Musa salam could have done what you know a lot of South Asians call takalluf. It's okay, you it's okay, it's okay. I did that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I I do not need reward from you. I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, he doesn't do that. Why not? You know, we have this thing that if somebody's offering us help, our immediate response is, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm okay, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. No, bro, you're bleeding from the side, your clothes are... No, no, alhamdulillah, it's just a mosquito bite. A mosquito, it's like, I'm fine. When you need help, you need help. And when you ask Allah for help, He's not going to send you an angel from the sky and say, hey, let me put a band-aid on you. He's going to send you some human being, some other means in this world. And those are not... Uh, and you say, no, I only want the help of Allah. I don't want the help of other humans. No, no, no. That is the help of Allah, genius. <laughs> Musa alayhi salam realizes this. He recognizes this. 
So when this girl comes and says, my dad wants to pay you, he doesn't say, well, I didn't do that to get paid. I did that for the sake of Allah. Allah will reward me in the akhirah. No, no, no. He said, let's go get paid. <laughs> he, he, he went. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he went with him. He went immediately. There was no hesitation on his part. What are we learning? One, we ask Allah. Some of you have had a hard time finding a job. Some of you have a hard time getting acceptance into the university that you wanted. Some good you were hoping for and it's not coming. Then when some good comes your way, and it's not exactly what you expected. It's not exactly the job you were, you were looking for the same job for three years, you're not finding it. And some lesser job came that you are more qualified than that job. But at least it's a job. And you say, no, 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 not this one. I need something else. Or you keep making dua to Allah in the masjid, Ya Allah, I'm looking for a job, Ya Allah, open the doors of risk. And the brother next to you says, Hey brother, I heard you're looking for a job. Uh, there's an opening in my... No, akhi, I'm okay, alhamdulillah, I'm okay. <laughs> Allah just answered your dua and you just push it away. That was the answer to your dua. You shouldn't dismiss that. You shouldn't dismiss the help of people because that is how Allah sends help so many times. So he went and he actually went ahead and spoke to the man. And then, long story short, the man said, I have an idea, why don't I marry my daughter to you? And you could live here for at least eight years. If you want to stay ten years, you could stay ten years. Then whatever you want to do. You know, all of his du'as got answered. One, that family needed protection. So him marrying into that family is him also doing a good deed. It also means if he married this girl and he went away somewhere, first of all, he has nowhere to go. Where is he gonna, he's homeless himself, now she's homeless with him. That doesn't make any sense. So he's going to stay there with them. Okay? And then, of course, on a side note, he's living with his in-laws for 10 years. I'll say that again. He's living with his in-laws for 10 years. You know, in many cultures in the world, if you live with your in-laws, it's like, what kind of man are you? Right? You want to say that to Musa Alayhi You think you can handle one of his punches? You know? <laughs> he's more man than any of us. And he, because if the situation requires it, then it's an unusual family situation. It's okay. It's completely fine. The daughters are earning the income for the household, are they not? People now say, oh, subhan, they, their daughters are making the money. What a shame in that. Is that a shame? No. Why would, be, would it be mentioned in the Quran? Why would it be in the, this honored family? There are different situations for different families. So he's helping the family, number one. Number two, this gives his father an opportunity to find someone for the other daughter. Because if one daughter got married and went to her house, now only one girl is going to go feed the animals. That's dangerous. Right? So that's how, that problem is solved. On the other side, Musa salam now has a home. Now he has a family. Now he's taken care of. But take a step back. What situation was Musa salam in? Just a few, maybe an hour ago. An hour ago. He had no home. He had no money. He had no other clothes on his back. He had no food. He was, a, he was wanted for murder. So he's a fugitive from the law. This is the perfect candidate for nikah. <laughs> like if somebody comes to your house and says, I'd like to marry your daughter, so what do you, uh, well I'm homeless, I don't have any other clothes, and I ran away from my country because they want me for murder. <laughs> well, let's sign you up, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is that when you turn to Allah in desperation, and you truly humble yourself before Allah and say, whatever good you send my way, I will take it. Then we min Allah will provide in ways you couldn't even imagine. You can't imagine a father saying, you know, you, and qasa alayhi al-qasas, by the way. Musa alayhi salam told him the whole story, everything that's happened. And after everything he heard, he says, hmm, 
I think I should marry one of my two girls to you. <laughs> That's what I want. Subhanallah. This, this is, the, this, this is the, the reward of his honesty, of his sincerity, and most, first and foremost, his asking of help from Allah, and then him not turning help away when it comes. <laughs> Remember on the flip side, The dignity of a human being is that they don't need other people's help. Of course, we don't like being in a position where we need other people's help. But it's di- there's a difference between begging for other people's help and other people coming to you and offering their help. There's a big difference between those two things. When people come and offer you help, don't just push it away. Take it as a gift from Allah and consider it. It doesn't take your dig- dignity away. It doesn't take your pride away. You might even be kicking away the rizq that Allah sent. The rizq that Allah sent. You know, I, I, I leave you with this uh, silly joke. You know, there was a flood and everybody's leaving. And this one brother from the masjid says, no, 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 Allah will help me. And the rescue boat comes and says, get on the boat. No, 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 Allah, Allah, I asked Allah. Allah will help me. Then the helicopter comes and he's up to here. No, 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 get on the helicopter. No, 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 Allah will help me. You know? And finally, as he's about to completely drown, he sees one last person and says, I'm the last one here. I've got this robot, just get on. <laughs> no, Allah will help me. He's gone. And then when the questioning begins, the angels say, why did you kill yourself? No, I didn't kill myself. I was waiting for the help of Allah. They say, genius, first Allah sent a boat, then he sent a helicopter. <laughs> why do you keep turning away the help of Allah? Don't turn away the help of Allah. We're not, we're not prophets. We're not going to get help from angels coming down that you can see. It's going to come through his creation. May Allah Azza wa open our hearts to the help that comes from him and really help us make sincere dua to him. It's a short dua, easy to memorize. It's in Suratul Qasas, that's Surah number 28. And I'd like you to memorize it. Make the effort to memorize it. It's half a sentence. Let me give you the ayah number. I'm very analog, I'm not digital. So I'll give you um, ayah number. Qala Rabbi inni liba anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Yeah, 24, very good. It's ayah number 24. So, and it's not even the entire ayah. You just have to memorize the last part of this ayah. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. Those of you that are Pakistani Indian probably have it on your fridge anyway. So, that's fine. So, barakallahu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.